It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Mailbag Friday. It's a weekend, so I don't think you're going out, but uh, <laughs> it's a weekend, so at least you're not working, I hope. And and I saw that Ohio schools are canceled for three weeks, which is insane. The, the world is on fire, but the Lockdown Bengals podcast goes on. We're here for you. And we've got a lot of entertainment for the last couple of months, too. If you've missed any episodes, just go back and, and dig through stuff and, and catch up. Uh, but today we've got the mailbag. We're going to start out by talking about what's going on in the sports world and, and the impact that's going to have on the Bengals. And we actually got one really cool question that we'll get to in the mailbag that kind of relates to this. This is a bit, potentially, if they go ahead with the draft as scheduled, Potentially a little bit of an advantage for the Bengals because they got to coach at the Senior Bowl. So And they already know who they're picking, number one. So, I mean, right, that's part of the process still for maybe 30 other teams if mm-hmm. we're counting the skins of knowing who they're taking. Uh, that's not part of the process for the Bengals. So cross that off because they don't have to go meet with someone or test someone or, you know, whatever the other hurdles are left in this last month. Yeah. Uh, so so we'll talk about, I guess we talked about it. Maybe that's it. There's more than that, but yeah. <laughs> we we got we to gotta give the guy credit who sent, or girl, I, I didn't see, who whoever sent the question in. But we're going to talk about this, what, what's happening in the world first. And, and let's get into that and the impact that we expect that to have on the NFL. No March Madness, Joe. The baseball season's been delayed. Spring training has been suspended. All the soccer leagues around the world are getting suspended. It's just a matter of time for the NHL. The NBA has been suspended. Ohio schools closed for three weeks. There is a lot of stuff shutting down. And the same is true in the NFL. They're no longer going to do draft prospect visits with teams. And instead, teams are scrambling to try to put together Skype teleconference-style interviews with players. Pro days are getting canceled. I think we saw probably our last pro days today, and we won't see any for the next few days. And if we do, I think I saw that some schools will be still letting the players work out and recording them and sending times to teams. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. There's still some information. you got to think of all the players that bypass the the scouting combine, right, thinking they'd have another opportunity to impress teams. Uh, They're not going to get that. They're going to have to find a way to communicate with them via the internet, Skype, as you said, and the teams, the colleges still want to get these times and get them posted and get them sent out. I, you have to think of the impact of the Bengals and the rest of the league. There may be a little bit of an advantage for the Bengals, knowing they're taking Joe Burrow number one. Uh, that you know kind of eliminates the decision there. It's going to be weird, though. I mean, from our perspective, those top 30 visits are very indicative of who a team is targeting or at least um, looking at, especially when you get into rounds two, three, four. Those visits, if you still have a couple of those guys left on the board from an analyst perspective and he's still there at round three, your odds of that team taking them seem to get pretty high. I've used those in the past um, a lot to try and predict who the Bengals will end up drafting. So not having those those this year should Keep us all in the dark. And I feel for the smaller prospects and the small school prospects, um, getting this 
the teams out there to see them one-on-one or in person, uh, show what kind of athlete they are in, you know, right in front of them and, and really feel that guy. You're not going to get that. The underscouted players throughout the year are going to continue to be underscouted here. And I bet this has an impact on the undrafted free agent season as there may be more gems than normal. Yeah, there are probably going to be more non-combine participants who don't get drafted. This is something that Dame Brugler pointed out in a great summary of what's happening with NFL teams for The Athletic. He's talking about how the coronavirus pandemic has put the scouting process on hold, has really changed it up in a lot of ways. Again, he's talking about those top 30 visits the team's doing. A lot of teams, if, if you have questions about a guy who's not a combine guy who maybe you found because... You were the Southwest scout and you were at Louisiana Lafayette that day and you, and you saw a guy. Now, now you don't get that top 30 visit or maybe they do it over Skype. But I, I feel like something is certainly lost even when it is over Skype. And so he's expecting that there will be less guys who weren't combine invites who get drafted, especially if these pro days get canceled. I don't think that and I think that all the players that are in the draft will work out privately they'll get numbers out there in some way shape or form but it's got to be hard for guys that weren't combine invites the way that this that this thing is going and it's harder to verify those times right yeah. normally you have that opportunity to to have your own stopwatch if you're a scout there and they'll have the official times released at the end but i think some of these old school scouts and coaches like to lean on their own ability to, to record times and see a guy in person i i also think that um, for a lot of these colleges like Alabama today just suspended their pro day. I wonder if they get an opportunity, whether that's the final few weeks before the draft, if this can blow over within a month, that's looking on the hopeful side. Maybe they can still fit things in right before the draft. Maybe they push the draft back. I think we're real close to hearing if you're planning to go to Vegas to see the Bengals draft Joe Burrow number one, and I think a lot of Bengals fans are, I think we're close to hearing an update on that, on how that's going to work. It may just be all digital, which from us watching from TV, it's digital all the time, right? But if you're going down there to actually watch it, um, you may be ready to to change your plans up just a little bit. Yeah, I, I expect, I think everyone expects at this point that the draft will not be an in-person event. The owners' meetings were canceled today, and there are no fans involved there. There is a congregation of owners and, and press, but those guys are flying private. The journalists aren't. But the teams are flying private, and, and they canceled those meetings anyway. So look forward to updates on the draft in the coming days here. And let's just hope that it stays on time and the teams have the opportunity to get their due diligence done before the draft gets here. We'll be back here in just a minute to get into your questions. Hopefully some light topics mixed in here. We're, we're going to try to keep it light, right? That's, that's the best we can do in a time. We're entertainers, Joe. I guess so, I guess. And this is the time for the internet entertainers to rise. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be taking some days off work here. I, I, I have to use my vacation days up, so I don't get to go anywhere. Uh, but I'm, there's a new Path of Exile patch coming out tomorrow. Mm. So if people are talking to you about streaming your Pokemon battles, I might stream some Path of Exile. Or we can stream some um, draft prospects and watching film. Yeah, I... Yeah. Oh, not excited at all for that. I've had the exile. <laughs> I, I, it, I, I, every couple months, I take a few weeks and I get into Path of Exile pretty hard. That's cool. I but we that. can, we yeah. can, you have some days off coming up too, right? I do. I mean, I've got a handful and we've got to see how we might all have a few um, days off coming yeah. up soon. Well, are, are your kids still in school? They are as of now. We don't have any confirmed cases in um, my county yet. So, but we'll New York City. Oh, sure, but that's seven hours away. I'm I'm as far from New York City as I am Cincinnati. Yeah, and Ohio's flooded. There, there's got to be a ton of of people going to and from New York City and Buffalo. Has to be yeah. right. It's there's no doubt. It's on its way. Well, stay safe up there. We'll be back in a minute to get into your questions. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. 
That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out. The nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Kicking off the mailbag right away. We had a question before we even asked for questions, and it was a good one. At least one that made me think a little bit, and I wanted Jake's opinion on this. And this is from Graham Hastings at GrahamCracker495. He says, what would you rather have for Andy Dalton in a trade? Would you rather have one second-round pick or two third-round picks? So we pulled up the draft chart because we are scientific on the Locked On Bengals podcast, and the draft chart is very scientific. And I just naturally decided I would look at the Chicago picks in the second round as a basis for comparison. So Chicago's 43rd overall pick is worth 470 points on the traditional draft chart, which... To get to 470 points, that is essentially the same as pick number 70 and pick number 72. Those are both near the top of the third round. They're in the top eight of the third round mm-hmm. versus a top 11 pick in the second round. Yeah. So would you rather have two additional top eight picks in the third round or that very end that the very end of the the 2A group or maybe some of the 1C group in the second round. And when you think about the players that that might be, I kind of lean toward the extra round two pick because I think that they they need to hit on some second round picks here and they, they need to have the access to take a swing, like a Jeremy Chin at that point, if you've added that pick. Just add that freak athlete who you can use as a chess piece or, you know, Yetter Gross Matos falls or maybe uh, you want to take Lloyd Cushenberry. Mm-hmm. Those guys aren't going to likely be there for you at the top of the third round. And how different are those guys than the guys that are available in the third round, Joe? Well, I th- the hard part for me is trying to think of it. Like, I like your idea of that's your chance to take a Jeremy Chin or a guy that maybe you see as a bonus player or a developmental pick, right? Someone that, like, high upside, I'm taking Kyle Duggar or whoever, you know, whoever you're like, oh, man, I'll take this guy. Or or maybe this is where you get Malik Harrison because he's not going to be there in the third round. And that's where I was actually going to lead is, okay, say by this point, because we're not expecting a linebacker at 33. It could happen, sure. But at at this point, if if you're projecting it and saying – third round is probably where you're going to have to draft a linebacker again. You may want the extra pick there. Uh, but yeah, if you're at 40 something, that isn't too early for Malik Harrison. It's probably the earliest. I think he goes, I, uh, but I've seen him in the first round. 
Chris Trapasso, I think, had him in the first round. I, maybe it wasn't Chris Trapasso, but somebody reputable of that ilk had him in the first round, 26 or 27, or maybe 32, mm-hmm. I can't remember. And maybe it happens, but I still think we're going to be looking at him as a potential pick at 65. And I'm with you, though. And here's the thing is I keep falling back on, are they active in free agency? Because if they're not, then I kind of want two third-round picks because they need a lot of positions. But at the same time, they need high-end talent in a lot of places also. Yeah. And that's, you get that with premium picks and picking them as high as possible traditionally. Yeah. So what, what did you land on? It depends That's on free agency. A, I mean, yeah, it does depend on free agency. But if you don't have that choice and, and the Bears are offering you it, offering you that scenario now, which they don't even have a third-round pick, but the idea, um, they say it's Bears versus Bears second-round versus, like, the Patriots third-round picks, which are much later, um, obviously, uh, then, you know, I'm still falling on the second-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Our next question comes from Odat at DZE on Twitter. Question for the mailbag. I'm puzzled by various draft commentaries. Some say the teams should draft for need. Others say to draft the best talent available regardless of team need. What does the data tell us is the best overall draft strategy? I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if that there's data that says it, you know, because it's hard to say what a team needs and doesn't need, right? So how would you check yeah. that? But uh Traditionally, or at least the idea, I should say, of drafting the best player available means you're getting a better player than if you're going straight for need. Now, that may not be the best way to team build at times because you could end up bypassing one position way too often for too many years. The Bengals have done this and really never grabbed a linebacker that's worthy of anything, right? And you you sit there with a hole at linebacker for 10-plus years because you just haven't hit on the one or the value hasn't been there for you to do a premium pick. Um, so it, it works both ways. It, you can take the best player available and sit a corner for two years like they did with Denard and Kirkpatrick, and you're wasting the rookie value of that contract. Or you can sit there and say, well, we need a center. So here's Russell Bodine. We need a center. Here's um, um, Billy Price. You know, we need a linebacker. I got to force it, you know, and, and there's uh, Malik Jefferson, and, and they don't work out. So for me, I think, there's a marriage of best player available at a position where you can see him getting playing time early in his career. I think you have to be cognizant of the idea that development happens on the field and they have to have a plan to get this guy, especially if it's a premium pick. I have to have a plan to get that guy in the field as a rookie somehow, some way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, I don't think there's data. I think the data that we have about the draft tells us about positional value of players. It tells us about what, you know, athleticism metrics are more correlated with success in the NFL. It tells us about certain productivity thresholds that are more correlated with success in the NFL. So we, we have ideas of, of these concepts from a data perspective. A cornerback, we believe now, based on PFF and the data work that they've done, is more valuable to a team than a linebacker. A quarterback is more valuable than any other position. So the big thing that I see as a disconnect from fans and positional value is is fear of missing on a quarterback. And you got to kind of get over that and say, the quarterback is that important. You can't just keep trying to skate by with Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. You got to go get a quarterback. So as far as need versus best player available, I, I am with you 100%. So I don't have much to add there. I think that there's a marriage. There's somewhere in between those two things that is best player available at a position where you can have a plan for it. And we saw this with Jesse Bates, right? Yep. Safety mm-hmm. not a need at the time. They picked a guy that was high on their board after trading back, and they got him on the field. They, they acted aggressively and with purpose to execute a plan. And and I think that that is something that we would love to see from the Bengals again. Yep. I think they, that's a good example is Jesse Bates. They, I believe they even traded back because they're like, man, yeah, he's high on our board, but you know, if he's still there, then we have to take him. And he was, so they, you know, they took him. Uh, next question is from ambassador at beast mode. Nine one six. What is your honest prediction of the type of players the Bengals will acquire via free agency? I'm not sold on the hoopla about the Bengals being active and getting quality players. Am I wrong? 
So I, I don't know if we agree on this, Joe. I think okay. that I'm a little bit more bullish on the Bengals playing in free agency than you are. And I, I maybe they've got me, right? Maybe they sold me and, and hooked me with propaganda. But when you hear the head coach and Duke Tobin, the de facto GM, talking about we have to go in free agency, the whole building is in alignment, we have guys that we already know we want to target in free agency. You have never heard this from Marvin Lewis's Bengals. Never. They still talk about they want to keep their own guys. They want to build the draft. But you never hear them say, we've got a list, essentially. right? You hear that from Brian, Brian Callahan. You hear it from Zach Taylor. We're, we know we have to make the team better in all these different places. right? So that is your first side. And then you have Lapham and then Hobson. And when you have those two guys, Paul Dana Jr., everybody's telling us this is the year. They're going to try to get into free agency. And it might not be the tier one guys. We talked about this yesterday. It might not be Byron Jones, but that doesn't mean that it won't be, you know, Chris Harris, probably not Chris Harris. I think he'll make too much, but Brian Poole, Logan Ryan, who's the other guy that we forgot. That's my fear is that they're going to go out and get Logan Ryan, Derek Wolf and um, Nick Kwiatkowski and like, Hey, we spent money and I'm going to step back and go, is that good? Did they? Yes get anyone that's really an upgrade i mean well, you got qual- you got players who have played at positions of need but at the same time so if it's not Derek wolf i feel a lot better about that list list of players by the way i know i mean i, I do i wouldn't mind getting logan ryan because uh, he's been good in a quality but i mean i think play- someone messaged me on on um on Twitter today and said, Oh man, what, what do you think about getting Derek Wolf? He's a beast. And I'm like, he's kind of not anymore. I know he's from Cincinnati. That'd be cool. I just don't want to, I don't want to rain on the free agency parade, but none of those players get me excited. I, they help build a, and round out a championship franchise or championship roster that you think is close. Right. And they're not close right now, but they can get closer by using those players in free agency. So I'm not against it. I just think, uh, you know, you're getting those players, Getting Nick Kwiatkowski doesn't stop you from drafting a linebacker. Getting Derek Wolf doesn't stop you from drafting a D-tackle. And getting uh, Logan Ryan doesn't stop you from drafting a corner because they're not future staples, right? They're they're stopgap pieces, which is okay because you need to get a few of those in free agency. Well, isn't that kind of how you use it? It reduces a priority. And so so let's, let's put a hypothetical. This is something that I think is within the realm of possibility for the Bengals. And I really hope I'm not wrong because I, I think that Graham Glasgow is in play. That's the guy from our tier one. So you so go Gra- get Graham Glasgow. I shut up. Yeah. I so, think I'm with you. So this is what I think is in play, right? This is what I think is realistic. This off season is a, a Graham Glasgow, uh, a linebacker. It, maybe it won't be Glasgow and Schobert. Maybe that's too rich for them. Maybe if it's Glasgow, they go to the next tier. But if it's Glasgow and Kwiatkowski, I'm pretty happy with that. And then and then I think that it, they they probably sign a defensive lineman too. And, and I really wonder at that point where it would be. Because if they are shooting for the Derek Watts, or sorry, I'm looking at our list, the Derek Wolfs of the world, that, then I'm, it's just Derek Wolf doesn't excite me. But if it's Quentin Jefferson... Right. There's some real upside there. I mean, we have them in the same tier with with Leonard Williams and Jaron Reed, and mm-hmm. we'd be we'd be thrilled with either those either of those names. Those are big names. I, I think they have a they have a plan though, and we've heard about Derek Wolf, and I don't think that's their only plan. I think that that's just something that his agent put out into the world, and and so I think that it's within the realm of possibility. And if if it was say 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 that they come away with uh, Kwiatkowski. Glasgow and Quentin Jefferson. That's great. Yeah. Because I, that that's cool with me. And cause you get a tier one, you get a tier two and you get a guy that I've got tier three, you've got two on Kwiatkowski. So that'd be a one and two twos. But for me, that's nailing guys that are young enough yeah. at positions of need and rolling it down. And then say you kept it off with a, um, uh, the Ronald Darby corner, right? Sure. You take a chance on a guy like that. And I'm like, cool. I, that's a free agency that like, that's how I would attack a free agency. And I would get players that are 27 at positions of need so I can free up the draft. That's what I want out of them. Yeah. Their history 
gives me reservation. Of course it does, right? So, but and, and you have to attack it at the positions where this draft isn't strong. So even if mm-hmm. it is like a Damon Harrison, a Marcel Darius, a Gerald McCoy, they've gone after these big name defensive tackles before. Sure. For for short contracts at the end of their careers, there's still some juice there. That means you can kick defensive tackle down the road for a year where it might be a little stronger and line up better with where you're picking. Sort this thing by D tackle. It is such a great defensive tackle class, and when you look at it, and, and I mean, you give me um, what. What's his name? Here, yeah. Danny Shelton. Yeah. And and I'm happy because I think he's a good nose tackle. But, yeah, guys, I think Malik Collins is a good player from Dallas. Um, I'd be interested in Mike Daniels still. Jerron Reed, DJ Reader, Javon Hargrave, obviously. they go. If you think they're in Glasgow, I'd love for them to be in Javon Hargrave. And people, I've talked about him enough. But point is, you come away with yeah. a, deep, a deep defensive tackle like that instead of Derek Wolf, and I feel so much better. I just... I'm not high on, on Wolf, and it sounds like that's the only guy we've gotten r- real confirmation on, or at least reports on. But I, so but that's I, why. That's that's the entire feeling I'm getting on free agency is based on the only report we have. Which is a report before tampering has started. And you're not hearing about other players that have visits. This is a leak from an agent. That, that's, I'm just, we I'm we just have no idea. I'm and I'm explaining why I, I'm not putting too much stock in that. That's all. I, I, he, I shouldn't either. I'm just, right. I'm talking through it. I, I now, if, it, if, it, if the report was Graham Glasgow, I'd be like, oh, they're actually spending. Yeah. Let's but, but, go. But you're not hearing Graham Glasgow and anybody. We've heard about who? We heard about Jack Conklin and the Jets, and then it, and, uh, 30 minutes later, we heard Jack Conklin's not going to the Jets. Oh, you, yeah, it all died off pretty quickly. Yeah, right you're, you're not hearing about these guys. They got the memo. So we'll see what happens when tampering opens. Maybe on Sunday maybe or Monday or whenever it is, maybe not. Uh, we have a lot more questions to get to, and uh, we're going long, as we do. Because we actually disagreed for once there, I think, and, and had a little back and forth. We usually disagree, which I think some of you uh, would like to see. We usually just agree. You almost sound like you said disagree, just agree. We usually just agree. Right. Yeah. We'll get back to your questions here in just a minute. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Back to the mailbag. And these next two questions we're going to combine into one because they're topical and because we may be all out of pro days anyways, even though we'll probably still get numbers trickling in. But Kane21014 asks, how much validity do you put in pro day times? Wisconsin guys, an example, went from a 4.77 to something to a low four fives and Peter Dadswell at Dadders asked a similar thing with T Higgins of, of Clemson running today. And it was a hand time of a four, four, three. And does that dispel the fears of his long speed? And what do we think about him at 33 when really the official time came out for um, T Higgins was like a four, five, two or three in that range. And even from those, you can typically add a 0.05 on those, which means he's a high four five guy his testing wasn't good at all. But, Jake, what do you think overall of pro day times, especially now that we're not going to be able to really see them, um, and T. Higgins especially? 
Yeah, I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and the Wisconsin guy is is Cephas, um, hmm. the the wide receiver. But T. Higgins, I, I put no stock in hand times. That's what I learned today. His official time was four five four, and once you knock that up a little bit, that's pretty much uh, you're getting close to Auden Tate territory. Actually, this this generally there's some Auden Tate to his pro day. He had. He had bad jumps. His broad jump isn't on here. He had a 10-foot broad. He had a 31-inch vert. 10-foot, 6-inch broad, actually. And he had a uh, he ran a 4-5-3 shuttle, which is awful. T. Higgins tests out his RAS is 33rd, 34th percentile. And I was I was looking for uh, I was looking for him to be at least like a 55th, 60th percentile athlete to feel good about him at 33. Because on tape, it looks like he's got all this stuff. The same way Auden Tate. He jumped really poorly at his combine, too. 31 inches for Auden Tate. Broad jump of 112. What do we have here for? We have a short shuttle of 4.53 for Tate. T. Higgins. We don't have that for Auden Tate. But sure, yeah, he was be similar. Yeah, he was pouring everything. But he ran a 4.68. At his pro day or at the combine? Combine. Yeah, so if you bump this up, that's like a 4.6 to a 4.68. You're in the ballpark. Uh, so I, I wanted to put more validity in pro day times this year. Uh, we know they're juiced a little bit. So like Joe said, you you add a little bit of time, especially to the 40. But I wanted to believe more in them because the combine was so weird this year. And it was late. And uh, it looks like we won't have the chance to really do that so much. But if the Bengals go wide receiver at 33, I, I, don't, I think I'm off Higgins after this testing. Yeah, I'm still on. I want Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager for me, yeah. where I'm at. Um, and, and they might both be gone. Like, we might see they, eight wide receivers get picked in the first round. If if that happens, then that pushes a linebacker. That pushes a corner that I like. Corner. You know, so, yeah. I think, it, it could I happen think at that, linebacker with Bond. Well, the Giants yeah. spent a lot of time with Bond. I think that's top of round two, they're thinking, which if, is just a couple picks after the Bengals. If you're counting Bond as a linebacker, yeah. I'm thinking Queen and Murray are, are for sure gone. I did too. And so you, you, you might get your choice of a safety or a linebacker. Maybe, no, I think five tackles are gone too. I think there's five tackles, four quarterbacks, and like seven or eight receivers. Right. So corner, safety, maybe Bond. And and that's kind of how we ended up. We talked about this yeah. on yesterday's with the um, locked on mock, mock draft. Or, or you get to the next tier of wide receivers and you start talking about Brandon Ayuk or, you know, and he might the be gone too, so Chanel. I don't know. Yeah, Chanel, right. if you can, if you have a plan for him. Yeah, next, it's not great. You're up next. Next question comes from Dad at Badron Lames hmm. on Twitter. If you had to be quarantined with one Bengal, past or present, Joe, who would it be, and why? So I'm quarantined with them. Oh man, this is a weird question. Uh, I want the guy who's least contagious, so he's got to be the healthiest gym nut possible. Is, does that make you healthy? Does that even make you less contagious? I don't know. Um, I guess you go with an interesting person as you fade off into um, sickness. And I would say Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. That'd be fun. You guys could play so much FIFA and Madden. He would talk so much shit. Yeah, that would stay interesting. I, I would go way more vanilla. And I'm trying. I want a quarterback. I want to watch film with Carson Palmer. And I know all you guys mm. hate Carson Palmer, but I just want to sit here and watch, watch Joe Burrow with Carson Palmer, watch, you know, whoever. Just put quarterbacks on for two weeks. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's not a bad uh, suggestion. And even Andy Dalton would be fun to do that with. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. When when Dalton was a Bengal man, I would have said, man, I would have loved. I would have. I would have given. I guess he's still a Bengal, technically. Uh, <laughs> I would love to sit down and just watch Andy Dalton film with Andy Dalton and say, yeah. all right, what are, and let me see if I'm seeing this right. Tell me what's going through your head and, and educate me. Because if I'm in that situation, I'm going in very humble. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Next question from Z at Enzahanes. We had a problem with this last time. I, and he told us how to pronounce it, didn't he? Anyways... With a that lot of was, visits, that was bad. What me saying the name? What, what, what Z- are you thinking? Zanis or or Zanais? All right, that doesn't sound much better. Zahanis? 
<laughs> no, I, Zanies, I should have said, but I saw the H in there. I think it's just Zanies. You don't pronounce. Anyways, with a lot of visits and in-person prospect evaluation canceled, how much of an advantage does coaching the Senior Bowl give the Bengals? And this is a question you alluded to earlier, yeah. Jake. Um, do you see them favoring those guys more heavily than before? I will just say that they usually teams usually do favor yeah. those players anyway. Yeah, I don't think we'll know if they favor them more than they did before, but I think they will certainly favor them. And we just wanted to give you a shout out. We talked about this, I think, quite a bit yeah. earlier in the show, but we did want to make sure we acknowledge you for asking the question. Mm-hmm. Next question. Osmosis Jones word to pill. I don't know what that means. Freddie X. Freddie HX. LL nope, Freddie no. hell. I don't know. What do you think is the best solution to the running back position and the way they're paid in the NFL? Would you shorten rookie contracts for running backs? The more devalued the position becomes, the more talented players will be playing. will be against playing that position. I think this is a really good question. We've, we've alluded to this quite a bit yeah. and I have a lot of cognitive dissonance when I think about paying running backs myself. I don't know what that means, but here's my plan. I would, adjust the rookie wage scale for running backs and you there are different rules for quarterbacks there are different rules for guys in the first round there's different rules for guys that get picked in the top 10 i can make a rule for running backs and it's that maybe they get a 20 percent increase for everywhere they're, they're drafted and also there's a the the rookie performance um and when they you know a guy plays well or plays better than expected they have a pool of money and they typically give it to those guys that's how you know joe mixon has gotten paid for that uh but Jeremy Hill did too. Uh, running backs typically do because they produce well, but I would increase that chunk to running backs. So maybe they get an even bigger boost. You end up rushing for 1,300 yards in year two as a second round pick. Instead of making 900K, that'll bump you up to like $2.9 uh, million on the, on the cap. And it won't go against the cap because it'd be afterwards, after the season, but you'd get paid for it. You'd, you'd get compensated because I don't think the value of running back is equal to what they're, they provide. Uh, in terms of where they're getting paid and what their actual importance is on the offense. But I recognize they're out there getting their bodies beat up more than anybody and they should be rewarded for it. Uh, And teams will grind them into the dirt and then let them walk in four or five years. And that's not right either. So I would like to find a way to pay them for those first five years. And maybe they figure out the second half on their own in terms of where they think their value is. I think it's a huge problem in the NFL. I think pretty soon, like like he points out, like Osmosis Jones points out here, we're gonna we're gonna see the only guys left at running back are, are the guys that are five six and can't play any other position. Because if you're if you're gonna if I mean maybe it's gonna be a height thing because the the short you're gonna end up with just short running backs, short not small. Because I, I think that when you start to see how much more money you can make at other positions, if you're if you're five eleven and you can run. You're going to try to play corner. You're going to try to play safety. You're going to try to play linebacker. We're already seeing it. Yeah. I mean, look at Devin Singletary and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire the last two years. Guys mm-hmm. that are 5'9", if not below. They don't draft corners below 5'9", typically. And they run a 4'6", a right? You can't play corner. You can't play safety. You nope. can't play receiver. But the agility, the explosion, the body build, the 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 thickness in your thighs, the balance, you are cut out to play running back, and you really don't have a choice about it. But but outside of that, I, guys like Derrick Henry, uh, Derrick Henry, if he was Linebacker. coming up today, he'd be playing probably defensive end for Derrick Henry. He, but a lot of guys that size are going to be playing linebacker. And then if linebacker gets the same treatment as running back, which it won't, but linebacker really is a running back of defense if there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see those guys trying to either get their way into an edge rush position or make their way to a safety. Yeah. It's just you got to find a way to pay guys that are getting a beating, even if they're not the most valuable position or find a way to use them better. And, and like Christian McCaffrey, who might be worth, might not be worth. I don't know. It's, it's a hard, it's hard. How about a minimum, a floor for the running back position, a salary cap floor for that position. I I would like there to be, yeah, I would like them to be somehow on a different set of rules with, with a different set of money. Because you see the David Johnson contract or the Todd Gurley contract, and then those teams are hamstrung by it. But like maybe you exclude them from the cap. You put them. You put them outside the cap. Right, uh, and they've they've offered to do that with quarterbacks. That was an idea somebody had. I don't think they've offered to do it. I think teams have brought that up. 
uh, in, at the meetings and it's gotten shot down. But because it's so extreme to the other end, they're like the opposite, right? Of, I think of, Russell of Okung had that idea or something. It was, yeah, it was, I, it was I, a I ever, player, I think. Okay. And so you could do that on the opposite effect for running yeah. backs. We're like, hey, you know, you guys pay them whatever you need to, whatever you think is fair. But it's only this percent will count. Eighty percent will count towards the cap. Seventy, you know, whatever you got to do to make it offset. Yeah, I don't know. It's just hard, right? Because as people, they're they're the guys that aren't walking, you know. Right. And and they're the ones that are getting their careers ended early. And uh, you just want to see them paid. And and Logie actually has some good points about this. They're putting butts in seats because a lot of times they're star players. Uh, you you want to see it to be fair to the player, but I also don't want to see my favorite team get hamstrung with a contract. So that's why I have the cognitive dissonance, right? It's like yeah. on the one hand this, on the other hand that. And they're kind of diametrically opposed. Yeah, that's the part, right? When we both say this, and people, well, people start explaining to me how good Joe Mixon is. Like, I didn't have him as a top 15 player of that draft. Like, I didn't think he was fantastic. Like, I didn't – I immediately as he was drafted, I said, this is the most talented running back they've ever had. And I'm fully aware of the, the history they've had. Um, I think Joe Mixon is fantastic. I think they haven't even unlocked it yet. I think they're not even close. And uh, until he starts playing in the passing game, they won't. And for me, I think even with all that, as soon as you sign him, the chances of that backfiring and hamstringing you somewhere are very high. Huge. Absolutely huge. It, it's going to happen. <laughs> All right. We have we have two more questions here. The first, the, 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 well, three more technically, but the next two we grouped together. First one, Bengal fan forever at love for future A1. Will you guys finally meet <laughs> and both come to a home game? and do a show in the city, maybe at Skyline or Gold Star, so Joe Goodberry can learn to love it. And Bengalorian asks, what game will you be at, and will you sign my armor? Mm, I'll sign anything. I think that's cool. But uh, I always, I have been asked my signature like twice in my life, and I thought that was incredibly uncomfortable and weird. But if you've got Mandalorian armor for me to sign, or, or whatever you've got there, I, I think you need to send us a picture, because I definitely want to see that. Um, oh, I see you're 3D printing it. Yes, sir. You're yeah. right up my alley over here. Um, we're around your pictures now. I'm looking at your, your profile. Everything is looking good, sir. But yeah, I'll sign that somewhere indiscreet where it won't take away from your hard work. Um, and as far as games, I'd like to go when it's still warm and exciting. Let's mm-hmm. the opening game, the the second week, whatever, wherever, you know, whenever their home opener is. Yeah, it won't be week one. Although maybe with Joe Burrow, maybe they'll give them a home. I don't know. Probably not. They should. Home, Monday night, open it up. Oh, prime. Well, yeah. I don't have to fear primetime anymore. My reason to fear primetime will be gone. <laughs> and you don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, last question, Joe. Let's go. Where is it? Evan, Evan McPhillips. McPhil- wow, Evan McPhillips coming through with the question. I gave him a hard time because oh, first he told, me what, he told us what to do. I said, don't tell us what to do. <laughs> he, well, he asks... What is ranking the offensive positions according to how valuable you believe them to be and doing the same for defense? You just put it like a Jeopardy question. You can't, you know. What is? Yeah. Right, that's Uh, why I see that now. Offensive positions according to how valuable I believe them to be. Quarterback. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver. Okay. mm, Quarterback. Should you define receiver, though? I mean, because... It can't just be any receiver. It's got to be. I think it's only more. Uh, it's only second valuable if it's a number one receiver, a, a true number one. Yeah, I changed my mind. Quarterback. Can I group the offensive line together to be number two? See, no, because that's the hard part for me. Because it takes at least three good old linemen to function, and because if you've got a bad guy in between one of them, you are fucking up a lot of plays. We saw it with Russell Bodine. That's why it's hard for me to. And I think that's why wins above replacement. When you look at O-line, it's less than a stud receiver. I'm going to group the offensive line together and cheat because I think it's quarterback. Offensive line is a unit because I think that the cohesion plays a big part in that. So quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, running back on offense. Well, if you can group them together, then I agree with you. If you cannot, then I will say a number one receiver is next. Your slot receiver may even be next from that. And then it's your center left tackle. Center? Um, yeah. I 
See, I think when the run game, especially for zone blocking and especially outside zone, your center controls so much with that nose tackle. You can't run without a center. And is the and I didn't feel this way like four years ago. But then it was from Bodine and then to Price, and I'm like, they can't fucking run because the center is killing all their chances to get outside. Uh, and then tackle, obviously, for pass protection. I, I think you're going against the, the craziest blend of athlete and power possible with these edge guys. Um, either side, left or right tackle. I, I want to stud it both if I if I can. But, yeah, I, I have center, actually, above uh, left tackle because I think if you have one, it opens you up to go left and right, where a left tackle means left only, obviously. Um, so I put it there, and then I, I'm with you. I think tight end because if you have the ability to have a mismatch guy and you have a real good one, they can't cover them. We think it's a Bengals issue that, that you can't cover tight ends. Look around the league. They cannot cover tight ends in – they're catching up because these safeties are starting to be a little bit of uh, freaks, but uh, it's still a huge advantage opportunity for a lot of offenses. And then, you know, I've got my guards and then probably running back. Man, I I cannot agree with you about center. I can't. It's, okay. it's the pass protection for a center is too easy. And, it's and right. It's too it's important. Low. It is like pass protection. But... Passings is more important than running. And center's pass protection is the easiest pass protection of any player on the football team. In terms of one-on-one battles, but in terms of calls and checks, he's doing that. Yeah. So you start giving them crazy blitzes, and you got a shit center. Guess what's happening? Well, that, I mean, the quarterbacks are doing that too, and it they might are. not be the center. For some teams, it's not the center. For the Bengals, it traditionally has been. But, and it's it's been a it's a mixture because Dalton's going to call stuff out. The line's yeah. going to talk at the same time, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Burrow. I've talked to Lloyd Cushenberry about it with Burrow when I when I asked him after Senior Bowl practice, and he says he's talking with his O lineman, and Joe has the opportunity to override them if he sees something else. Yeah. So it starts at the center with the quarterback having the the you know Usually, chance to yeah for sure. It. I just uh, they get help. They're important in the running game. I think that's true. I just. How important is the running game? Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. So corner, safety, edge rusher, interior defensive lineman, linebacker. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on corner, especially if, again, I feel the same way as receiver if it's a number one guy. Uh, Because there's so much from there I build my defense. And I I figure out if he's shadowing, if he's playing one side or the other, uh, and I go from there. And then I I would also put – my nickel corner as next before I put a safety, but it can almost be the same position at, at times. Um, well, but I would have, if I've got a star safety, then it probably surpasses nickel corner, but I'm thinking now I'm going, you know, just to a good starter and it would go nickel corner for me and then safety. Yeah. And I say nickel cause he's playing the slot. He could be your starter yeah. in, in your other defense, but that your slot corner and then a, a probably strong safety for me because I can do more with him and I wouldn't have said this five to 10 years ago, but it's kind of changed from field safety, um, you know, to like boundary safety. And I think the guy with more responsibilities down in the box and flexibility gives you the opportunity to create more with him. Um, and then edge rusher, other free safety, interior defensive lineman, unless you got a Geno Atkins, it's been super valuable. And this is the case with everything. I keep saying this, but, and then linebacker. But it, someone, as I was talking about linebackers on Twitter the other day, someone said, see what, Ray Lewis wouldn't help add wins? Of course he would. Of course he would. Yeah. But you don't have the opportunity to just add Ray Lewis. I'm not saying forget linebacker completely. I'd still draft linebackers. If, But if you, you don't have a guy, then it's not the worst thing in the world. Just as long as you're not sinking at that position, but you can overcome. If you had to choose between Ray Lewis and, say, Daryl Revis... You're taking Revis. Easy. You should. And if you're picking between Aaron Donald and Daryl Revis, you're still taking Revis. I'm taking Revis, but I'm taking Donald over Ray Lewis. Absolutely. Right. No, and no it's, that's not close. Uh, okay, so let's make it hard. How about how about like Tyran Matthew? Mm-hmm. Or or no, let's make it harder. Troy Polamalu or Aaron Donald? See, that is hard. Both guys have been defensive player of the year. Polamalu. Uh, yeah, it's Polamalu. I, it's, but it's an edge to Palomalo. I don't think it's clear because Donald is so damn good. So is Palomalo. Uh, but, oh, I know this. Yeah. I know this. I mean, I, I think that they're both the same level of good, but Palomalo is, is more of a chess piece. I mean, it's the same way that, like, if Derwin James was healthy and, and, and didn't miss last year, I think you're starting to talk about him the same way that you talked about Palomalo. And, and then it's like, all right, Derwin James, or but he's not there yet. 
they used to say how they would create the defense Lobo would with Palomalo and oh, yeah. and they he'd say, Well, I've got to almost scheme for ten players and say, Paul Troy, you do your thing. You know, go <laughs> whatever you feel is right. If you wanna got a blitz, go blitz. You gotta drop into coverage, go yeah. run deep. You know what to do, you know where everyone else is. Yeah. Go go make a play. And he Lebeau would be like, All right, I got ten guys out there and Troy doing what he does. Yep. And like Ed Reed then, right? Because Ed Reed was Ed Reed and Earl Thomas take away yep. middle deep. Yeah. I mean, that is infinitely more valuable than a linebacker than an interior defensive lineman, even Aaron Donald. Yeah. It's just like you, you, you see the defensive lineman more, right? Because that's where the camera is. But in terms of the impact on the game, I, I take Tyran Matthew over a lot of guys, the way he played this year. And Matthew, to me, is that slot. He's, he's every safety. Right. That he can even free. But he is your your star as we college players play star position. Right. That's yeah. what it's called. Um, that's yeah. what you kind of. It's morphed now into the NFL. It's like looking at it like, I, I, you know, we need those guys. Give me the, give me the hybrids. Give me the, like the safety hybrids. I'm, I'm about it. Like it, it, it's, I want, that's why, that's why I keep talking about, you know, Chen and you keep bringing up Duggar every time I bring up Chen and I should start talking about Duggar too, because they're very similar athletes, but I want one of those guys. And I feel similarly about Del Pitt. He's more of a safety than, than those guys are. I think like in terms of his flexibility. Yeah. Any of them. I, I, I kind of want. That's why we keep talking about those guys, even though the Bengals have Sean Williams and Jesse Bates. Right, right. You're you're dead on with that. That's why because we think it's an important position, and if you get one that's good or flexible, it's worth so much more. And that's like, and that's also the part of me saying, well, if you got a really good one here, then and that that's the thing through the draft. Yeah, I may not want a linebacker, but if a really good one there is 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 that 33. Guess what I'm gonna do. I'm going to draft him because I think he's really good and he's going to add value to your team. Yeah, I mean, the most important ranking here is you want good players. Right, <laughs> number one. First and yeah. foremost, I'll take three stud linebackers and, the, you, oh, well, Joe, you don't have a good D-tackle. Well, maybe I'll trade one for him, but I've got three, three really good linebackers. I'm not yeah. mad that I have that. Like in my mock shadow draft when I drafted Denzel Mims, uh, Tyler Johnson later, and who was the other guy that I ended up with? I think I think Rager. I can't remember. I ended up with three receivers. Anyway, we're we're going way long today. It's because uh, you might be stuck in your house, and that's right. We wanted to give you a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra locked on Bengals time today. Did you want to get one more word in there? No, I thought of the Seahawks with all those linebackers. Oh yeah, and um, you know they had a great secondary too, which helped. But they have one super free safety, one super corner one super linebacker, two other good linebackers, but they really didn't have a D-tackle. That really scared you at all. No, their defensive line, generally. But they had, like, a decent – Cliff Averill was a decent edge rusher, but that was not their strength. It was just a rotation of deep, you know, players. Michael Bennett, they had. Sure. Oh, yeah, he had fantastic production for, yeah, high points. And and Cam Chancellor, too. I mean, you can't – Cam Chancellor had a couple years where he was the best strong safety in the game. You're right. Legion of Boom. Good. Good. All right, Bengals fans. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night, Monday, getting to uh, some free agency stuff, some mock drafting, and we'll see if we have a new league year. Oh, uh, real quick, the Bengals signed a player to an extension today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Troy Brown, is that right? The guy they signed off waivers from Green Bay, cornerback. So right. he was he was he was technically an exclusive rights free agent. I think this was a foregone conclusion, but they got the technicality done. So until the next time we come to you, Bengals fans, have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last off season? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.